Drums, please. Okay, so back to the CPTSD thing. Um, I wanted to read a little bit more about differential diagnosis uh, in terms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder was included in DSM-3, 1980, mainly due to the largely relatively large numbers of American combat veterans of the Vietnam War who were seeking treatment for the lingering effects of combat stress. In the 1980s, various researchers and clinicians suggested that PTSD might also accurately describe the sequelae of such traumas as child sexual abuse and domestic abuse. However, it was soon suggested that PTSD failed to account for the cluster of symptoms that were often observed in cases for of prolonged abuse, particularly that which was perpetrated against children by caregivers doing multiple childhood and adolescent developmental stages. Such patients were often extremely difficult to treat with established methods. PTSD descriptions failed to capture some of the core characteristics of CPTSD. These elements include captivity, psychological fragmentation, the loss of a sense of safety, trust, and self-worth as well as the tendency to be re-victimized. More important, most importantly, there is a loss of coherent sense of self. It is this loss and the ensuing symptom uh, profile that most pointedly differentiates CPTSD from PTSD. CPTSD also characterized by attachment disorder, particularly the pervasive insecure or dis, uh, disorganized type attachment, DSM-4, 1994. Dissociative disorders and PTSD do not include insecure attachment in their criteria. As a consequence of this aspect of CPTSD, when some adults with CPTSD become parents and confront their own children's attachment needs, they may have particularly difficult in particular difficulty in responding sensitively, especially to their infants and young children's routine distress, such as during routine separations despite these parents' best intentions and effort, although the, major, the great majority of survivors do not abuse others. This difficulty in parenting may have adverse repercussions for their children's social and emotional development, if parents with this condition and their children do not receive appropriate treatment. Thus, a differentiation between the diagnosis category of CPTSD and that of PTSD has been suggested. CPTSD better, better describes the pervasive negative impact of chronic repetitive trauma than does PTSD alone. CPTSD also differs from conscious continuous traumatic stress disorder, CTSD, which was introduced into the same into the trauma literature by Gil Stryker. It was originally used by South African clinicians to describe the effects of exposure to frequent high levels of violence, usually associated with civil conflict and political re repression. The term is also applicable to the effects of exposure to contexts in which gang violence and crime are an epidemic, as well as the effects of ongoing exposure to life threats and high-risk occupations, such as police, fire, and emergency services. Sounds like there's a lot to differentiate. <laughs> um, traumatic grief or complicated mourning are conditions where both trauma and grief coincide. There are conceptual links between trauma and bereavement, since loss of a loved one is uh, inherently traumatic. If a traumatic event was life-threatening but did not result in death, 
then it is more likely that the survivor will experience post-traumatic stress symptoms. If a person dies and the survivor was close to the person who died, then it is most more likely that symptoms of grief will also develop. When the death is a, of a loved one and sudden and was sudden or violent, then both symptoms often coincide. This is likely in children exposed to community violence. For CPTSD to manifest, the violence would occur under conditions of captivity, loss of control, and disempowerment, coinciding with the death of a friend or loved one in life-threatening circumstances. This, again, most likely for children and stepchildren who experience prolonged domestic or chronic community violence that ultimately results in the death of friends and loved ones. The phenomenon of the increased risk of violence and death of stepchildren is referred to as the Cinderella effect. Uh, the next section is about attachment theory and borderline personality disorder. So I think I'll read that one too. Okay, so this next one is uh, CPTSD in relation to attachment theory and borderline personality disorder. CPTSD may share some symptoms with both PTSD and borderline personality disorder. It may help to understand the intersection of attachment theory with CPTSD and BPD. If one reads the following opinion of Bessel A. Vanderkalk, together with an understanding drawn from a description of BPD. Uncontrollable, this is from the words of that person, uncontrollable disruptions or distortions of attachment bonds precede the development of post-traumatic stress syndromes. People seek increased attachment in the face of danger. Adults as well as children may develop strong emotional ties to people who intermittently harass, beat, or, and threaten them. The persistence of these attachment bonds lead to the confusion and pain Confusion of pain and love. Trauma can be repeated on behavioral, emotional, physiologic, and neuroendocrinologic that's a, that's a word, levels. Repetition on these different levels causes a large variety of individuals and social suffering. However, CPTSD and BPD have been found by researchers to be completely distinct from disorders with incredibly different features. Notably, CPTSD is not a personality disorder. Those who suffer do not fear abandonment. Those uh, do not have unstable patterns of relations. How, rather, they withdraw and find that they struggle. They do not struggle with lack of empathy. There are distinct and notably large differences between borderline and CPTSD, and while there are some similarities, predominantly in terms of issues with attachment, though this plays out in completely different ways, and trouble re regulating strong emotional effects, often feel pain vividly, the distortions are completely different in nature, especially considering that CPTSD is always a response to trauma rather than a personality disorder. In addition, CPTSD is not a personality disorder. Rather, it is often a case of survival reactions to trauma becoming a fundamental aspect of the personality in response to living with a personality disordered individual. While the individuals in the BPD report reported many of the symptoms of PTSD and CPTSD, the BPD class was clearly distinct in its endorsement of symptoms unique to BPD. The RR ratios represented in Table 5 revealed that the following symptoms were highly indicative of placement in the BPD rather than the CPSD, CPTSD class. Frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation, markedly and persistently unstable self-image or sense of self, and impulsiveness. Given the gravity of suicidal and self-injurious behaviors, the, it is important to note that there were also marked differences in the presence of suicidal and self-injuries 
injurious behaviors with approximately 50% of individuals in the BPD class reporting this symptom, but much fewer and an equivalent number doing so in the CPSD and and PTSD classes, 14.3 and 16.7 respectively. The only BPD symptom that individuals in the BPD class did not differ from CPSD class was chronic feelings of emptiness, suggesting that in this sample, this symptom is not specific to either BPD or CPTSD and does not discriminate between them. See how much time I've got? Okay, minute and a half. Overall, the findings indicate that there are several ways in which complex PTSD and BPD differ, consistent with the proposed diagnostic formulation of CPTSD. BPD is characterized by fears of abandonment, unstable sense of self, unstable relationships with others, and impulsive and self-harming behaviors. In contrast, in CPTSD and as in PTSD, there was little endorsement of items related to instability in self-representation or relationships. Self-concept is likely to be consistently negative and relational difficulties concern mostly avoidance of relationships and sense of alienation. In addition, 25% of those diagnosed with BPD have no known history of childhood neglect or abuse, and individuals are six times as likely to develop BPD if they have a relative who was so diagnosed, compared to those who did not. Uh, One conclusion is that there is a genetic predisposition to BPD unrelated to trauma. Researchers conducting a longitudinal investigation of identical twins found that genetic factors play a major role in individual differences of borderline personality disorder features in Western society. A 2014 study published in European Journal of Psychotraumatology was able to compare and contrast those different disorders and found that it was distinguished between individual cases of each, which was comorbid. Okay, where was I? I got cut off around here, so um, BPD may be confused with PT, BCPTSD by some without proper knowledge of the two conditions because those with BPD also tend to suffer from PTSD or have some history of trauma. In Trauma and Recovery, Herman expresses the additional concern that patients who suffer from CPTSD frequently risk being misunderstood as inherently dependent, masochistic, or self-defeating comparing this attitude to the historical misdiagnosis of female hysteria. However, those who develop CPTSD do do so as a result of the intensity of the trauma bond, in which someone becomes tightly biochemically bound to someone who abuses them, also known as Stockholm Syndrome, seen in cases of kidnapping in which a person falls in love with their captors, and the responses they learn to survive, navigate, and deal with the abuse they suffered then become automatic responses embedded in their personality over the years uh, of trauma and normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Um, And then um, there's uh, some treatment and kid stuff that I can talk about real quick. The the utility of PTSD-derived psychotherapies uh, for assisting children with CPTSD is uncertain. The areas of diagnosis and treatment call for caution in the use of category CPTSD. Ford and Vanderkolk have suggested that CPTSD may not be as useful a category of diagnosis for treatment of children as a proposed category of development trauma disorder. Um, for DT, 
D, to be diagnosed, it requires a history of exposure to early life developmentally adverse interpersonal trauma such as sexual abuse, physical abuse, violence, trauma, losses of significant disruption, or betrayal of the child's relationships with primary caregivers, which has been postulated as an etiological basis for complex traumatic stress disorders. Diagnosis, diagnosis treatment planning, and outcome are always rational. Since PTSD and DTD in children is often caused by chronic maltreatment, neglect, or abuse in a caregiving relationship, the first element of the psychosocial system to address is that relationship. This invariably involves some sort of child protection agency. This both widens the range of support that has been given to the child, but also the complexity of the situation, since the agency's statutory legal obligations may, they may then need to be enforced. A number of practical therapeutic and ethical principles for assessment and intervention have been developed and explored in the field. Identifying and addressing threats to a child or family safety and stability are the first priority. A relational bridge must be developed to engage, retain, and maximize the benefit for the child and caregiver. Diagnosis, treatment, planning, and outcome monitoring are always relational and strength-based. All phases of treatment should aim to enhance self-regulation competencies, determining with whom, when, and how to address traumatic memories, and preventing and managing relational and discontinuities and psychosocial crises. So what I find most interesting about all of this is that it seems that CPTSD is more social-based, whether it's family or spousal relations or someone that you're very close to and you feel that you grow an attachment to almost by a necessity out of survival because their power over you becomes something you can't control. So you learn to kind of adapt to it. Uh, it's not a personality disorder, which separates it from BPD and PTSD. Um, PTSD is not necessarily a personality thing either, but um, it separates it from BPD in that sense. Um, which I think is is fascinating. I think it could be a lot of CPTSD. CPTSD could sounds like it's the result of prolonged exposure or being with or being entrapped socially by someone who has a disorder that is basically impossible to deal with. Uh, so, although that's really fascinating, uh, I'm going to keep researching. I'm probably not going to read any more like articles and things, but. Um, I think it's really fascinating because it's kind of new ground for me because uh, I've had a lot of things with my childhood and then I've had a lot of things with my marriage, um, which are both related and I've had similar feelings in both situations um, with a lot of times outside of that where I felt okay. So um, I'm going to explore that more. I, I still I need to go to therapy and, and, and work that stuff out there, but um, I think it's interesting to talk about and an interesting topic. So if I learn anything interesting, I'll share it.